Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. The Wellness Community and Gildas Club have united to become the Cancer Support Community, one of the largest providers of cancer support in the U.S. and around the world. Our services are offered at more than 100 locations worldwide and online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. The uh, holiday season, we know, is in full swing, and uh, it's a time of the year when many people enjoy reuniting with family and friends and exchanging gifts and and celebrating religious traditions as well. Uh, But at the same time, really, the holidays can present many occasions for stress, uh, from navigating crowded shops to handling hosting responsibilities and things like that. And while the holidays are traditionally viewed as a time to celebrate, uh, for people with cancer, they can bring up many questions, things like, how do I take care of the holiday rush and myself at the same time? How can I celebrate when I have so many other things on my mind? Uh, what will my life look like next year? Um, and, and we certainly know for the 12 million people living with cancer in the U.S., the family demands and, and uh, cultural pressures of the holiday season makes a focus on yourself and self-care and maintaining balance particularly important at this time of the year. So on our show today, which is being brought to you in part by Azi and Morphotech, we're going to explore the impact on the ho- of the holidays on people affected by cancer and discuss some ways to cope and manage through the holiday season and really find some ways to enjoy yourself. So um, in the next hour, I will be speaking with a cancer survivor and a social worker to offer unique insight on coping with cancer during the holiday season. And it is, it is our hope uh, at the Cancer Support Community by, that by the end of the show, you'll have a clearer perspective on what the holidays mean to you, and you'll feel better equipped to maximize your quality of life during these uh, winter months. So I am pleased today to welcome Charlie Prather, a licensed clinical social worker and program director of Cancer Support Community of St. Louis. Uh, Charlie has over 18 years of experience working with patients with chronic illness. Hi, Charlie. Hi, how are you, Kim? Great, great. And we're also joined today by Erica Proctor, a uh, 33-year-old woman who, was, who has been living with a brain tumor since August of 2010. She is cur- currently a community member at our Cancer Support Community of St. Louis, where she engages in programs that have helped her uh, to more positively cope with her cancer experience. Welcome, Erica. Hi, Kim. Thank you. Excuse me. So you you both bring uh, such important perspectives to the show, so I want to jump in um, with you, Erica, with our first question. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your cancer experience? What 
kind of cancer do you have? When were you diagnosed, and, and what was that like for you and your family? Sure. Uh, I, was, I was diagnosed with a tectal glioma in August 2010. It's a rare type of brain tumor, and, uh, and fortunately, it's inoperable, and it doesn't respond all that well to chemotherapy and radiation. I'm um, particularly hopeful regarding new vaccines that, they're current, that are currently being developed, and that's really where my hope lies, that my tumors in the region of the brain that houses, um, it really controls, I guess, if you will, life's vital functions, breathing, blood pressure, swallowing, and um, the tumors brought with it a lot of side effects that I've learned to manage and, I guess, somewhat, um, you might say, tolerate, mm-hmm. and um, it's really been life-altering. I mean, I'm, I'm a young person. I have two yeah. little kids, yeah. and, um, you know, it really just kind of just stopped me in my tracks, and I just found myself just really um, not really knowing where to go, and, and um, it just really shook me. So, so Erica, how, how, how did they discover the tumor? Well, I had been having headaches really mm-hmm. bad, and I call them headaches, but I mean, really, one might just call it just severe head head pain. I mean, it was yeah. just unbelievable, yeah. and then then it started to evolve into it was accompanied by um, just extreme fatigue. Almost at times, it was like I was narcoleptic, if you will. Mm. Um, it, and this had been going on for several years, and mm. they. It was masked as so many different things, and what what really happened was I think a lot of doctors just thought it was too young to have cancer, and um, by the time it was really diagnosed, at first they dismissed it as a cyst, and by the time it really got to the expert level where it was said, yes, this is a glioma, um, you know, it was the, the side effects were really, really bad by that time. So um, it was it was quite um, quite a moment, and it took me took me a while. I was in denial for quite some time, really. And so they told you, Erica, that you had a, you had a brain tumor, that you had cancer, but that there was nothing they could do. No surgery, no chemo, no no kind of traditional cancer treatment at all. Is that what you're saying? Yes, but well, actually, we could do chemotherapy, but. Mm-hmm. Um, my tumor can become, gliomas are pretty nasty by nature, yeah, and yeah. they can become very, um, they can quickly become resistant to different types of chemotherapy, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went this summer for a second opinion in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, and, um, you know, both here in St. Louis and in Los Angeles, I was told that I could start chemotherapy really at any time, but once I start that, I have to hope that um, if if by the time my tumor would become resistant to that chemotherapy, um, that the next thing mm-hmm. would be on the market that could penetrate mm-hmm. that tumor mm-hmm. or at least impact it. Because mm-hmm. when you're dealing with the blood-brain barrier, yes. there are only certain types of chemotherapies that can cross and impact yes. that blood-brain barrier. Yes. So it gets pretty tricky. And yeah. um, so chemotherapy is an option and radiation is an option. But whenever you're, um, whenever you're focusing on the part of the brain where mine is, there are yeah. detrimental effects that would mm-hmm. be seen. And so um, radiation really will be one of the very last things that we will, that we'll go to because, um, you know, there could be sight loss as well as, as um, potential hearing loss. And um, there already are some memory um, mm-hmm. Some memory effects there. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. 
those are definitely things that we may cross down the line. But um, mm-hmm. for now, it, it's kind of one of those things is the, um, is the treatment worse than the, <laughs> than the disease itself. Um, so yeah. right now, yeah. um, you know, we've chosen just to... to wait. Um, just to mm-hmm. let the sleeping bear lie a little bit, I guess. And are and are they doing some things to manage some, some of those severe uh, symptoms and side effects that you were having? As best they can. Yes. As best they can. So, but it still has a significant daily impact on your absolutely, quality of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a greater part, I, I was I was talking with one of your associates. As a greater part of, um, you know, on the upward of about twenty days a month. So mm. it's wow. impactful. To our yeah. family and yeah. passion, and and that's that's been um, you know kind of settling into my new normal yes. has been um, I I fought it for quite some time really yeah. to be truthful. Yeah. Um, so you talked so Erica you talked about the diagnosis was in August of 2010 so that yeah. means last year was your first sort of holiday season with this uh, new new reality of this glioma of this rare uh, brain tumor you talked about that really the shock of the diagnosis and dealing with that but what was it like as you started to approach the holiday season what did that feel like for you well um, let me start by saying that I I used to be one of those people that I I got really worked up over small things and mm-hmm. I obsessed over the idea of portraying perfection mm-hmm. and um, you know, last Christmas I, I kind of went into it with the, I, that I was going to um, be just like I always had been and I was going to do all the things that I always had done and, you know, cancer or not, it wasn't going to stop me. And, um, you know, I tried and it was really hard. I, I realized pretty quickly into the holiday season that I wasn't going to be able to keep up with all of those things. But I will tell you this, that um, last year Christmas began to take on a deeper meaning for me as well as my extended family. With me being a relatively young cancer patient, I was just 32 at my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um, my diagnosis, it shook, shook me, but it also shook a lot of people close to me. Yes. And, you know, you start to realize that time really isn't promised to anyone. And we decided as a family that we weren't going to buy adult gifts, that it was really going to be about the children, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part. And um, what we did was we decided as a family to focus on a um, – we chose a family um, last year to uh, assist. And mm-hmm. it was a, a mother and four children that had lost everything in a fire Mm-hmm. And then we also chose a family uh, from our church that had fallen on hard times. Yeah. And uh, just that, just being able to impact people, that um, just that feeling of giving, I think it really did something for our family rather than just trading, you know, drawing names or trading gifts. Um, it just, what, did it, what did it do for your family? I, I think what was it the just, feeling? It, it brought back that feeling of um, the season. I can't even explain. It. I can't even put into words. Yeah. It just, you know, how you, um, before you would go and you'd look for that perfect gift, or if you couldn't find something, you're just like, "This will have to do," and I'll get a gift receipt, and they can take it back if they don't like it. Yeah. It wasn't about that. It was yeah. about whatever these. They've lost everything, and whatever these people get, they're going to love it because they have nothing. Yeah. 
And yep. it, just, it was so rewarding. And it was, Is that a new tradition now? Or are you going to you yeah, guys doing we, that again this year? Yeah, we're doing it this year. We're doing it this year. And it's just, I mean, it's it's amazing. And, and you know, and this year what we're doing is we decided, um, you know, we, we didn't find as big of a family to do all together. So what we did yeah. was we're each choosing something something, either a family or something, that yeah. impacted us greatly. And so this year, I, um, my daughter, we chose um, two kids out of my daughter's kindergarten class to help, mm-hmm. to assist. And then, um, you know, for me, it's the cancer support community to, give, to give something back because I don't know where I'd be without the community. Wonderful. And so, um, you know, and then another thing that we did was um, – you know, time has become such a precious commodity, was last year, in addition to assisting, we, um, as a family, we took some of that money that we would have spent on these adult gifts that we've traded amongst ourselves, and we, we all took a family vacation together. And nice. it was just a short, a short little, you know, yeah. four- or five-day trip. But having that memories. Time. Oh, yeah. Kim, I can't tell you. They were just Erica, amazing. It, it, your story is just its unbelievable. Um, we're going to go to a quick break right here. We're talking about cancer and the holidays. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be uh, right back to pick up with Erica and to bring uh, Charlie into the conversation. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community a global network of education and hope. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. 
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Uh, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Genentech and Celgene. I'm Kim Tebaldo, and today I'm joined by Eric Proctor, a brain cancer survivor, and Charlie Prather, a licensed uh, clinical social worker and the program director of our cancer support community in St. Louis. On the show today, we're talking about coping with cancer during the holidays. We all know how much uh, energy it requires to prepare for the holidays, going shopping, coordinating planning, visiting, decorating. Uh, uh, the list goes on, and we're talking today about... Um, uh, managing uh, cancer through the holidays and beyond. And Erica uh, really um, opened the show with us by sharing her uh, amazing story of being diagnosed at the age of 32 with a rare brain tumor, a glioma, and uh, the impact that that has had on the family. And, you know, Erica, I mean, I love, I love what you're saying about your family just, you know, creating some new traditions um, as a result of going through this experience and, and really focusing on the children, focusing on folks in need, focusing on uh, those less fortunate in the community, um, and I think it's just amazing considering the incredible diagnosis that you have and all the uncertainty there that you guys kind of turn that around to focus on others and to make that a model for your children and for your family. I think it's just, um, um, I, I think it's a great story, um, and I want to want to talk more about it. But 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 Charlie, you've uh, been a social worker for many years. Um, you've seen many cancer patients go through the holiday season. Tell us about the impact of the holiday season on cancer patients and their loved ones. Uh, I, I can imagine it can be a tough time. It can be a, a, a joyful time, a time of learning lessons, new traditions. Um, but tell us in your own experience, Charlie, what you've witnessed over the years. Oh, well, Erica's story really touched me uh, about how her family started new traditions, and I, I wish I could just bottle that story up and, and provide that, that personal story to so many of the people that are calling us now. Yeah. Um, during a cancer diagnosis, we really are given opportunities, as Erica explained, to increase our insight and our wisdom um, that comes from such a deeper recognition of, you know, who are we right now, not who we used to be or who we hope to be later after treatment is over, but who are we right now. And, um, you know, one of the impacts of, of the holidays is that, you know, there is an increase in depression during the holiday season. Yep. And, yep. and you know, there's a lot of news stories out there about that, but it, it really is true. We, we have a real increase in phone calls during this time of the year from people who may not have uh, really wanted to face some of the obstacles that they're facing with their cancer diagnosis, but now all of a sudden other people may be seeing them for the first time all year long, and, mm. and it, it's become reality. So you've got that coupled along with, um, you know, particularly patients and caregivers can feel almost estranged from the holiday season, if that makes sense. What do you mean when you say that, Charlie? Um, well, where is my holiday? Uh, mm. You know, why, why do I have to be cheerful and happy? And uh, that whole holiday cheer factor, you walk mm-hmm. into the stores and the music is playing and people are decorating and um, maybe you're not feeling so cheerful these days. And I also think also uh, for people who are unsure about their prognosis, the pressure that they have during the holiday season can be really unbearable. Mm. Uh, people thinking, you know, what if this is my last holiday? Right. It has to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Have to, you put the pressure on to really make it very memorable. Absolutely. Now, Erica, how did you and your family get 
get to this idea that you were going to kind of reach out to others in your community? Because I imagine there could be some folks who uh, in your situation would really be, you know, maybe feeling sorry for themselves, which would, which would be, you know, probably be a natural, uh, natural reaction or, or, you know, again, turning inward, not wanting to interact with others and, 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 and turning inward, perhaps turning away uh, from others. But what was that conversation like with your family? And how, did, how have you, you obviously have young children. How did you communicate with your children these new traditions and the meaning of those for you guys? Well, I th- and I, I went through periods of time where I, I mean, initially at my when I was first diagnosed, where you know, I, I, had, I had some downtime, but I would say to myself, yeah. "This is part of a natural grieving process, mm-hmm. and I just won't stay here long." Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I would always say to myself, "It's okay to feel this way." but I'm not going to stay here long. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because you're kind of grieving over the life you, you, you used to have or who you yeah. used to be. But um, I think how we got there was um, sometimes I believe that when you turn outward and you take the focus off yourself, it helps mm-hmm. you cope with the, the very things that you're going with because, or mm-hmm. going through because um, I, I think that a lot of joy Come, I really do believe it might sound cliche, but um, the real joy comes from giving, not from the receiving end. And yeah. um, you know, my, it's it's so fun to watch my children. Um, last year, they really got into it when they were picking out the gifts. I explained to them that these kids had nothing, and then you know, I let them go when it, these the kids, the four kids that had the fire. They had nothing, and so the the kids that were their age, I let them pick out the gifts, and they yeah. they just had so much fun. Mm-hmm. And then when we wrapped it, they were just perfectionists on how perfect they wanted the presents to look. And when I say perfectionists, I mean that they, you know, they said, "Oh, put this bow on; it'll look so pretty for her or him." Mm-hmm. And you know, and and that's it. Really touched me that they cared so much about these kids having something and. Um, you know, so I think sometimes... And do they get to actually go and take those gifts to the children, or...? Uh, we, we delivered it to someone, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, so it was somewhat anonymous because we wanted right. it to look like it came from the mother, right. and that's okay. Um, yeah. But the kids, you know, they... Um, it. I think sometimes when we just get too into ourselves, it just brings us down further. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, you know, it wasn't just my idea. It came from the whole family, but um, yeah. it became really infectious. We kind of fed off each other, and it just built, and it built. And then, like I said, it just really took off, and it was a lot of fun. And now it's become a new tradition, and it's nice. a lot more fun, I think, than a lot of the old ones that we had. Yeah. You know, Char- Charlie, I know that, um, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that we, we hear from patients is that they, you know, they want to keep things normal, they want to uh, do the things that they've always done, but again, the, the holidays can be such a taxing time with shopping, with visiting, with, with, uh, with, with all of those things, and also, frankly, from a medical standpoint, you know, can be a risk of, you know, there can be a risk of infection, a risk of interacting with folks who might be sick when your immune system is, is compromised. What are, the, what are some of the, the tips you can give, Charlie, to patients about conserving energy, learning how to say no, or really prioritizing, you know, around the season? 
Well, I think that one of the most common things that I've been hearing in the last month is travel. What about travel? So mm-hmm. it's really important to give yourself permission. If traveling stresses you out and you've always traveled to see people during the holidays, say no this year. Uh, and, and don't feel obligated to have everyone over to your home either. Um, mm-hmm. And if you if you do have to travel or you want to travel, making sure that you have your prescriptions, your prescription numbers written down, just in case an extra prescription needs to be called in. It's also important to have on hand and in one place your insurance cards, uh, perhaps the nursing hotline associated with your insurance, the address of a, a local cancer center that's, uh, that's also attached to an emergency room associated with cancer care in case while you're traveling, traveling that you have a medical emergency. Um, And being at home during the holidays when you're accustomed to traveling can actually really decrease your stress level, and it could even start a brand-new tradition for you. Uh, A lot of people really suffer from lack of sleep and fatigue this time of year. Um, If people in your family get up at 4 o'clock to start that turkey, good for them. Um, (laughs) But let them know your your energy level has changed this year. So. Ask people to schedule dinner maybe a little later in the day or to keep it more simple. Um, if you're not up to cooking, or maybe you never liked it anyway, mm-hmm. uh, offer to purchase the main dish or have a special dessert tray from a local bakery delivered to your loved one's home the day before the celebration. Um, important to let people know if you've had some appearance changes or some behavioral changes, let people know ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe even send them a picture of you and the dog or you and the kids, um, just so that people, uh, stupid things don't come out of people's mouths. We all, we all know those, those old jokes of you know, some of the most stupid things people have said to me when I had cancer, and I, I was actually a cancer patient myself, and I remember some of those things. So if your appearance has changed, let people know ahead of time. Yeah. And con- conserving your energy is really, really important right now. Those budget issues... Um, those perfect gifts aren't important, just as Erica pointed out. There are already budget issues with regard to the cost of your cancer care. So yes. simplify this year. Simplify. Charlie, we're going to the break in just a minute, but, um, um, you know, how do you, if you're somebody who always does everything, right, you're the one doing all the shopping and finding the perfect gifts and doing all the hosting and doing the, you know, how do you get to that place in your mind where, you, where it's okay to say no, it's okay to, you know, to, 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 to back off of that? How do, you, how do you adjust to that and cope with that? <laughs> well... I think that um, passing the torch could be a nice new family tradition if you've always mm. been the matriarch or the patriarch and you've always been the one. That, that passing the torch is, is an okay thing, and it's a gift. Yeah. It's yeah. really a gift when you can give someone else that responsibility and take a year off. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, pass those traditions on to some of the children that are <laughs> absolutely <laughs> growing up. It's a great time to hand some of those recipes off and and some of those traditions. And I think maybe also a good time to maybe divide and conquer. You know, divide up the responsibilities uh, among folks. I think it's just important for folks to know if you've got cancer, you're struggling with these issues. Communicate. Tell people what's on your mind. You know, the people around you care about you. They love you. They want you to be well. They want this to be a good season for you. And you've got to really 
take the opportunity to share about that and, 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 and communicate that. And, and people will not be offended. Their feelings will not be hurt. They're going to be happy that you're, uh, uh, that you're sharing that with them. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Uh, today we are talking about cancer and the holidays as we get into the thick uh, of the holiday season, how to manage cancer through the holidays and beyond. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to be right back. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Cancer. It's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you a breakaway from cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The cancer support community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by ASI and Morphotech. I'm Kim Tebaldo, and today I'm joined uh, by Erica Proctor, a brain cancer survivor, and Charlie Prather, a licensed clinical social worker and program director of the Cancer Support Community of St. Louis. On today's show, we're talking about coping with cancer during the holidays. I'm also happy to announce that today is our 100th episode of Frankly Speaking About Cancer, which is pretty amazing, and uh, we're on track this year to have over 200,000 listeners to our show, so we're very proud of the growth we've had and, and really appreciate all of our listeners and, and their, uh, their commitment to, uh, to the show. Um, we're talking today about coping with cancer during the holidays, and while on the topic, I want to just take a quick moment to mention all of the ways that the cancer support community provides support to people affected by cancer through the holidays and, of course, throughout the year. We've got uh, 57 affiliates across the country, including our wonderful affiliate there in St. Louis. Um, at these sites across the country, we offer support groups, educational programs, mind-body classes, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction. These services are free for people with all cancers, all stages of illness, and also for the caregivers, family members, and loved ones uh, of people with cancer. We also have uh, uh, support and information over the telephone. We've got a great website with lots of information support groups at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. And at the Cancer Support Community, we want to make sure that uh, no one faces cancer alone. So visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org to see how you can get plugged into all of the wonderful resources and uh, communities that we have um, around the country. Um, uh, uh, Erica, I, I want to 
uh, learn a little bit more about how you have supported yourself and, 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 and your family, you know, not only during the holiday season but throughout the, your, your entire uh, cancer experience. I know you're plugged in there at the Cancer Support Community in St. Louis. You know, what, what role does, that, uh, does our community affiliate there play uh, in your life, and has that been a, a part of helping you sort of navigate this, this cancer experience? Absolutely. Um, I mean, first of all, I, I've grown tremendously in my spiritual walk. Um, God, God is central for me. Um, I'm blessed with an amazing support system as far as my family and friends. And my husband, he's grown in his role, and we're kind of learning along this journey together. And my children, they motivate me every day. Um, but, um, you know, the cancer support community has been absolutely crucial in my life. Um, you know, whenever I think about it, I might tend to get a little emotional, really, when I think back because, um, you know, it's been there through a lot of dark and lonely times, really, in the beginning, and now I feel kind of like I've almost come full circle because, um, you know, it's kind of, I feel like it's it's a brighter day for me because whenever I first started, I, I remember one of my first brain tumor groups, and that's how I found out about the cancer support community was I Googled um, brain tumor groups, and the closest one to me was the cancer support community. Mm. And um, the St. Louis, uh, I live in Illinois, and the St. Louis um, cancer support community, it's, it's about, you know, 45 minutes or so from me, mm. um, but it's worth every minute and every mile I drive. And I, I don't know where I would be, honestly, without it. And I needed to be around people in the same experience as me um, who knew the same frustrations, fears, uh, that just were navigating the same waters as me. And I, whenever I need something or I don't know what I'm doing, I mean, that's the first place I turn to. And so it's just been, it's been amazing. I've, I've taken the cooking classes and the nutrition classes and then some exercise classes and meditation classes. And my, my new favorite one is the Tibetan sound bowls. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's given me a new perspective and maybe you might even say something to look forward to in, in my new, my new life or my new, you know, my new world. So, yeah, yeah. um, it's been, it's been instrumental for me. You know, Charlie, do you, tell me, you know, do you notice a difference? in what's happening there at the cancer support community during the holidays? Um, uh, is there an increase in, in attendance? Do you get more, uh, uh, more calls? Do you, um, are, you know, are there special issues that arise around the holidays that you notice there? We certainly take a lot more calls this time of year. Again, mm. people who are, are really facing it for for the first time, yes. particularly people who are out of treatment. All of a sudden, the holidays are are coming up. They've been told, uh, you know, you're you're cancer free. We'll see you in six months. So we get a lot of calls from those folks who are really in need of support at that time. Our weekly support groups are usually really well attended during this time of year because, uh, as Erica said, people are seeking out a connection, someone who speaks their language during this time of year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the issue of, of just talking about the children for a moment. Um, Erica, how... 
when you were diagnosed with cancer, how did you talk to your children uh, uh, about that? And even, you know, frankly, you talked about some pretty intense symptoms leading 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 up to your cancer uh, uh, diagnosis. And you know, has is, is that word a, a part of your your household now? Your family, you know, your kids are pretty young. You know, how have you talked about this with them? Well, it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing, and there's no I mean, there's no roadmap. And yes. what we decided early on was that we were going to be honest with them mm-hmm. because the last thing we wanted was some them to pick up a piece of a conversation they overheard yes. and get scared. And yep. so what we decided was we were going to put at their level um, information out there for them um, from us, and um, we gave them enough that made them comfortable and confident in the situation, but not enough to scare them. Right. And I feel that they um, have been, I feel like they've, they're, they're really well-rounded. And, and, and just as I said, I feel like they're comfortable and confident in what's going on. And, um, you know, we've, we have received some compliments from their pediatrician and their teachers in regards to that. And so that makes me at least feel like we're doing a good job. I mean, I, like I said, there's no roadmap out there. You kind of just feel it out. And they are young. But um, I went, like I said, for a second opinion this summer, and we gave them a map and let them draw, you know, from Illinois to Los Angeles and showed them a picture of the doctor and let them explain. But you just, we try to kind of, you know, put it on their level a little bit. But, um right. Right. Yeah, Charlie. I, you know, Charlie. I think it's important what Erica is saying that you figure out a way to communicate, you know, an age-appropriate way to communicate with kids, um, uh, you know, with kids about cancer. And the other thing that I picked up on that Erica said is that, you know, you're really better off putting this out there and being honest with kids because it's, uh, you know, their kids' imaginations are pretty, uh, you know, pretty wild sometimes, and they can hear this or hear that, and then suddenly go to a whole other place in their mind. Or, or I know we we oftentimes say that sometimes kids, um, you know, perhaps think cancer is contagious or uh, kids think maybe they're to blame. Maybe they said something mean to their mom or that they're somehow to blame for the cancer. And so any tips, Charlie, on on really talking to kids about cancer? Definitely. How you deal with your diagnosis and treatment will absolutely affect how you talk to your kids about cancer and how they deal with it. So um, if you're anxious and having difficulty, you'll probably see them mirroring you and, and being anxious as well. And One of the first questions that parents ask us uh, as clinicians here at Cancer Support Community is, should I even tell the kids I have cancer? Well, uh, you know, as parents protecting our children, it's our first instinct. Uh, But it's important to know that children have a really great instinct, too. And they know when something's wrong in the family system. And if kids find out accidentally, you'll have a lot more work to do to, to yeah. try to repair that. So being open and honest with kids, obviously in accordance with their developmental age, uh, can lessen the stress in your home. Um, children who know what's going on with an ill parent will most likely be a lot more compliant with some of the new rules or some of the new norms that have to be established in the family during the treatment process. So uh, some of the next questions usually, well, when do I tell my child? So keeping in mind that the diagnosis changes and the family dynamic almost immediately, it may be beneficial to tell the kids as soon as you're comfortable to do so. If you wait days or weeks, it can really add to the stress in the home. And as you said, Kim, the imaginations of children can really run wild if they're left unattended. So um, 
really important that you follow some some basic like guidelines. Prior to the age of age two, um, children simply aren't going to understand cancer. Their biggest right. concern is uh, what is happening right now. What's going on right now? Why is mom not home? So right. prior to any hospitalizations or any treatment, be really honest uh, with the kids about where you'll be. Yeah. And in the two to seven age range, they those kids they link events to one particular thing. So, mm-hmm. um, mom went for chemo today, so tomorrow someone will bring something over for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, explain that surgery or radiation or medicine is needed so that mom or dad or grandma or grandpa will feel better later. Uh, use simple ways to explain the illness: good cells and bad cells. Having treatment helps the good cells be stronger so they can beat up the bad cells. Um, there's a Kimmy doll out there that's a really great resource for small children um, that you can change the appearance of the doll if, if there's chemotherapy involved that's affecting hair loss. Um, with 7- to 12-year-olds, they're beginning to understand the links between things and events. So they mm-hmm. understand that illness is a set of symptoms. They're less likely to believe that something that they did caused the illness, and they really understand that getting better comes from taking medicine, having surgery, some other type of treatment. Twelve years and older, those are difficult stages regardless of a cancer diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) I remember them well, and now I'm watching my own daughter go through it. Most will understand, uh, most kids will understand complicated relationships between events. They can think about things that haven't happened to them, and they can process those things with friends and their family members, and they do. They really do. So teenagers tend to think of illness in terms of specifics like mom's going to be really grouchy this weekend or dad's going to um, really have to uh, start doing more things within the family, taking care of me while mom is sick. So. And um, in terms of, um, uh, we're going to go to the, the break in just a minute here, um, uh, Charlie. But in, ter- in terms of, you know, again approaching that that uh, uh, that holiday thing. I mean, do you think, you know, kids sometimes can be as entrenched in traditions or more entrenched than than, than, than parents? Do you think kids are, you know, this, uh, this idea of creating some new traditions? Do you think kids are open to that? Is that a, a good thing to try to do? I think they're more open that to the to that than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And I also think that if you can do a little different something, something, like buy tickets for the whole family to a concert or a movie or a sporting event that you really want to experience. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift. The experience right. is the gift. And the time uh, together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or yeah. just opt it's out of gift giving altogether. Right, right, and create an experience together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're talking about cancer uh, and the holidays. Uh, obviously, can be a difficult time, but can also be a joyful time and time for some new traditions. We're going to take a real quick break here, and we will be right back. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, 
the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaides, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the healthcare process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Uh, as I said, today is our 100th episode of our show, and we're uh, uh, so pleased to have Charlie and Erica on the show today. Uh, Erica Proctor is a brain cancer survivor, and Charlie Prather is a licensed clinical social worker and the program director of our cancer support community in St. Louis. Um, and uh, on the show today, we've been talking about coping with cancer during the holidays. Uh, you know, obviously an important topic. Uh, so many uh, cancer patients across the country, 1.5 million diagnosed this year, 12 million cancer survivors, and it's a, a great opportunity. We talk about the uh, reason for the season, and uh, cancer can certainly be a good prompt to think about that and to think about, um, uh, you know, we, we hear many folks say that, that cancer has brought new meaning into their lives, and uh, it's a club that you don't necessarily want to join, but uh, now that you're a, a, a member, Find find some new meaning. Find uh, some some good things that cancer uh, that cancer can bring into your life. Charlie, I just want to ask you um, uh, what, the approach if for a family uh, this could be somebody's last holiday season uh, uh, together. Perhaps someone with metastatic disease, someone who's declining. Um, what would be your 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 thoughts or comments or tips? Uh, you know, if this could be that because you you know you mentioned earlier, boy that can certainly put a lot of pressure on an individual or pressure on a family to make it a perfect uh, perfect holiday. There is no perfect, really. So what would your, your tips be for folks who may be facing this season uh, knowing that this could be the last holiday season with their loved one? Well, I think being honest about that uh, is very important. That's where the idea that the support groups are, are just so important. If, if, if you're not in a support group, find a support group. It's a great way to process these types of things, and having another set of ears to help you process those things can can be so helpful if if you're looking at the end of life. And um, that honesty factor goes a very long way, and keeping things as simple as possible if prognosis is poor uh, can really be a great exchange because you do figure out what's important really quickly. Is it... um... Is it a good time, Charlie, maybe to think about, you know, think about your legacy 
um, to think about, you know, what are the traditions that I want to leave for my children, uh, for my grandchildren, maybe a good time to write, write down some recipes to share some of those old Christmas ornaments and cookie cutters and things like that to talk about what Christmas was like when you were young, things like that. Is that, um, does that become a good, uh, you know, good opportunity to share some of those things? Oh, most definitely. The legacy is, is, is so important and, and recording everything that you can, uh, so that you can make this a good holiday. Uh, it may be a last holiday, but it can be a good holiday. Many times hope, hope for some people who have a poor prognosis is hope for, hope for a meaningful ending. And by doing some of those things that you mentioned, writing down recipes and recording stories and just telling your story to, to the generations and to the people around you uh, is, is a very meaningful project to do at the end of, the end of life. You know, Erica, this is your, um, your second holiday season with your uh, cancer diagnosis. Do you think feel different this year than they did uh, uh, last year from last year's holiday to this year's holiday? What does that feel like for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm just really enjoying it. I mean, I, I find myself just really, um, I'm peaceful. I'm just internally yeah. peaceful. Um, I just feel like every, maybe every year that, that comes is just more of a blessing to, to be part of it. I, yeah. I think that's that's my outlook on it, and um, really, I approach. You know, I, I see a lot of people that are in my life, and just as I watch, as I go, into the, you know, as I'm out and about, and I, I see people hustling and and just seem stressed, and I just think to myself, just as you just mentioned, you know, the thought crosses my mind is, what do I want my legacy to be? And that's what I really approach it as, and and you know, I just kind of just. My my motto is just simplify, just simplify and enjoy, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of the way I've approached it. I'm just I'm just really laid back this year, really laid back, <laughs> maybe too much so. I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> So, Erica, Erica, for those who maybe are uh, joined us a little later in the show, maybe just mention again what uh, the, the uh, outreach that you guys are doing, your family's doing, to some families or, or folks in need in your community this year. Yes. Um, well, every year, well, well, it started last year, and after my diagnosis of, of brain cancer, we we just decided um, instead of what, buying gifts for the adults in our family like we used to, that uh, instead we would put the focus on the children. We would still buy them gifts, but what we would do is we would uh, really try to find families to assist that needed assistance in our community or organizations that we really felt um, were impactful in our lives or that we just felt very passionate about uh, the cause. And so that's what we um, have decided to do, and that's kind of a new tradition for us, as well as uh, then in the summer we try to get together and do a, um, you know, short four-day family vacation together with, you know, grandparents and aunts and uncles and the cousins just to make memories. Wonderful, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Charlie, uh, someone newly diagnosed with cancer, they're dealing with their first holiday season uh, with the disease. What what tips can you offer those folks who are listening today looking looking for some ideas about how to navigate the holiday season with cancer? Mm. Well, conserve your energy. And uh, when you're making all those visits, uh, it's really important to delete the visits that aren't going to feed your soul. Uh, it's it's really okay to skip folks that um, 
that expect you to come by. Uh, you have a, you have an excuse. You're trying to conserve your energy, or maybe mm-hmm. put those people on the end of your list if you have a lot of stops to make, um, or put those people on the beginning of your list. I should say, you kind of get those more difficult visits over at the beginning of your day, so that you can end your day in a place where you feel really good and really supported, and you're going to, you know you're going to have a positive experience. And opting out of the gift exchange, I think, is a great idea. You know, I mm-hmm. um, I, I have a, a friend who cleans out her cosmetics that she doesn't like anymore and puts them in a really pretty gift bag. She gives it to me every year. And mm-hmm. it's a joke. It's, it's our joke. It's our no gift to each other. Um, you can really opt out or scale down your list. We're going to be uh, tweeting a link to MissMinimalist.com over the course of the next week so that people can print out a one less gift certificate <laughs> to, give to, to give to people so that you can have that exchange of no presents this year. Gifts either. You'll be helping the environment if you don't wrap your gifts, um, or or maybe exchange gifts for something different this year, like Valentine's Day, since things hit people, taxes and other things hit people all at the end of the year. <laughs> Erica, have you uh, uh, done some reprioritization of uh, 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 of some of these things in light of your diagnosis? Are you uh, prioritizing who you spend time with? Are you? Absolutely. I have. Uh, I have. I, I have one friend with cancer who said she she after she got diagnosed with cancer she defriended <laughs> I would a lot say of folks who she said we're not that. we're not bringing a particular uh, amount of joy names. into her life. <laughs> I certainly won't name names, but I have absolutely. Prioritize my to do list. I'm not going to ask you to name names. uh, Perhaps I have befriended. No, I. Yeah, no. It's uh, there's there's definitely a priority to my life. Uh Yeah. Yes. I mean, your time, your time must do, it just must feel different. You must feel more valuable in some way. It is. It is. It's it's a it's a commodity, and um, it's it's definitely. um, I look at it as as invaluable. I mean, it's just absolutely. there's not enough of it, and yeah. so it's got to be. Um, and then that's you know, saying no has come pretty easy to me. I used to yeah. be a big people yeah. pleaser, and now yeah. it has to be very important, or I just won't do it. And you know, as much as I'd like to, I try to say it very nicely. As much as I'd like to, I'm sorry, I just can't because right. it has to be very important, or I just won't do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I. I, I yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And um, I, you know, again, we we just hear from a lot of folks with cancer that this is uh, uh, the you know the w- ways to make cancer a meaning-making experience, and really, you know, kind of shake off some of that other stuff and 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 focus on the things, uh, you know, certainly that are that are important to you, Erica. We're coming to the end of the show here pretty quickly. Any other tips for for folks going through this and and uh, dealing with cancer through the holidays and beyond? I would say just uh, take a deep breath and hug the ones close to you and, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, that's that's my um, that's my motto as I go nice. to it. Charlie, quick tips. Mm-hmm. Well, we do a lot of programming this time of year, um, yeah. so uh, come to so- come to social events. Uh, do things that make you feel good. Don't do things that you feel like you have to do. Yeah. Um, no, so many people get stressed out just thinking about the things that they have to do during the holidays, and you have the the power to say no. 
yeah. it's extremely empowering to say no. Um, yeah. And same thing with food. You know, food is a big deal for people who are undergoing cancer treatment. Just thinking about their eating habits during the holidays can be really, really stressful. So putting some things into place before they head out to, to those get-togethers right, can be really right. helpful. Drink lots of water, eat an apple. It fills you up first. And if you get somewhere and, and the food isn't going to agree with you, uh, it's it's okay not to eat it. You know, be, yeah. be it's okay yeah. to say no to the food pushers out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, uh, so, so, you know, really talking about connecting with others, simplifying things, finding meaning, looking for those self-care, uh, you know, techniques um, through the holiday season. I just want to thank you both so much for sharing this valuable information, Erica, for sharing your own story, and both of you for sharing these wonderful uh, 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 tips to our folks today uh, uh, listening to the show. This, um, uh, I think the discussion illustrates really what the holidays are all about, focusing on what's important celebrating life. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the cancer support community provides support to people affected by cancer during the holidays and, of course, year-round. We have 57 affiliates across the country, including our wonderful center right there in St. Louis, offering uh, support groups, education, nutrition, exercise, stress reduction. All of these services are free uh, for people with all cancers at all stages of illness and also for your family members and uh, loved ones and caregivers. So, I encourage you to visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org to find out about all of those resources um, and to know that you do not have to face cancer alone, either through this holiday season or any time uh, uh, throughout the year. Um, um, in honor of our discussion today, I want to dedicate this episode to you, Erica, and to your family oh, thank you. um, and uh, to all of those folks out there dealing with cancer through the holidays. We wish everyone a happy, healthy, joyful holiday season. And until next time, be well, do well. Live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.